If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up-to-the-minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV. Great to be with you. On a Balls Wednesday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew with you as well. Thanks for joining us. Hope this finds you hanging in there. Doing more than hanging in there. Kicking ass. Doing really well. You know, every time I look at Joshua Burrell, I think that dude should be a superstar. Doesn't he just look the part? Don't know that he will be, but man, he sure looks like he should be a Anquan Bolden-esque looking dude. Or an H-back or something in his Yeah, offense. he's huge. Get him a little bit bigger, even just a slightly bigger than he is now. He's already big. You could you could maybe have an H-back or a tight end of sorts. Um, that, that'd be great. Duffy made a good throw to him yesterday, um, rolling left. Duffy's got a little something to him. You know, it's not going to be starters material this year, but Duffy's got a little something to him. Some of the throws he can devise and buy time for, that's just an instinct. It's going to be fun to watch him develop. I, uh, I'm i excited about his future. I agree with you. By the way, on the mound last night, for those that missed last hour, I did reference the fact that Knowles won, cruised rather easily uh, in a game that uh, you'd like to think they'd win midweek. No, no guarantees in the game of baseball. We understand that. But uh, at the end of the day, seven innings pitch, four hits, two earned runs, eight Ks, two walks for Carson Montgomery. Well done, young man. I'm always looking for guys to emerge in these starts and give themselves a fighting chance to maybe break into that weekend rotation, challenge people, uh, provide depth, all of those things. Uh, the Knowles cruise uh, rather easily, and uh, Alex Terrell hit a home run as well. He's a feast or famine sort of guy. Yes, he is. He's feasting right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, next week, next Tuesday, this is a take from before spring break. 
You do play Gainesville at the baseball grounds. It's going to be on TV, by the way. It's not a year where the baseball grounds game is just magically not on. Can't be found. Uh, But we do play Florida next Tuesday. I've been waiting for that test for Montgomery because if he passes that against the Gators lineup, then you've got yourself another guy that's in the conversation. That maybe he could squeeze into the weekend rotation if somebody falls for two, three consecutive starts. You might have an answer. Yeah, I hope so. And I've also, um, I've also been very uh, kind of let's take a seat back here and watch from afar and see exactly what this team becomes defensively because I get really annoyed when they can't pick up the baseball because it's been a running theme and uh, something that over time has really worn thin. They were really good last night, so that's good. I just have to note it when it happens because I'm damn sure going to note it when it doesn't. So, good. Thank you for picking up the damn baseball last night. They had one error. It was in the ninth inning of a 10-2 to game. Yeah, when we checked, uh, I think it was three weeks ago, about unearned runs, and that was a stat I wanted to look at along with strikeouts four. And it was at three, three or four. It's at 12 now. So it's been it's been a rough patch over the last few weekends of baseball. Yeah, defensively. yeah, yeah. Well, Everybody goes through slumps, and sometimes things are contagious, but it, it it's now squarely in question. The two, the two areas, Tom, where we didn't want them to look anything like, do not resemble anything of last year's team. Two areas. Uh, A, don't be as bad as they were defensively. Well, they're not, but are they still are they good? Well, no. Better some nights than others, like last. I think the jury's still out right now on exactly what they are defensively. And then the second area, Tom, that we were worried about, Swing and miss ratio, whole lot of strikeouts. They continue to trend in the wrong direction in that way. It's amazing to watch dudes strike out three and four times in a game. Logan Lacey struck out four times last night. I mean, my man, four strikeouts. God, dog. And we've had guys strike out five times. So, you know. Yeah, hmm. One thing to point out is uh, they're, they're actually, just from a cold-blooded statistical perspective, cool. The exact same as they were last year in fielding percentage. Right now, as it stands, 968 last season, 968 this season. Not good enough. That is not good enough. Not going to get it done. Need a lot lot of work. Yeah, it does. It does. 10-2, big win last night. Big by big, I mean as in the margin, not as in significance. Although it would have been significant if they lost it, I guess. So uh, they got that that done. I'm pumped for tomorrow. We get underway, buddy. NCAA tournament action, and I have some picks for that uh, later in the show. I'm on some numbers there. Oh, really? On a few. A hunch? Not a hunch. It's a it's a educated guess. <laughs> it's a, it's not usually a hunch is like the the um, overly humble way of saying I know. Well, I don't know that you can say I know in an NCAA tournament. I tell you what, man that that that's the thing about the tournament is that a 15 does beat a two. St. Peter's can beat Kentucky. Really? Okay. That just happened. Well, but that's where the discipline sets in, that I know I made the right play. But the, right the volatility play is, all, is yes, right. That's you know? right. Yeah, that's the whole key to all of this is understanding that I'm on the right side of the ledger based on the numbers and what should play out. And then kids take to the court, and somebody who's shooting 17% from three is Larry Bird for the night. And what are you going to do? It happens, right? And then you get frustrated. You're like, look at this guy. Second coming of B.J. Armstrong out here shooting threes. This is ridiculous. <laughs> you like that reference? Yeah, that was uh, just barely something I could know. The answer, you know, oh, yeah, B.J. Armstrong. You you had forgotten all about B.J. Armstrong. Easily, totally. He's forgettable. More of a big shot Bob Ory guy. 
Well, yeah, and he was a better player than B.J. Oh, of course, Armstrong. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what's say. funny is you look at those guys and how many threes they took, and it's like it feels as though they took a ton of threes, like oh, this era, no, but no, that's no, just not no, the case. No, this era of basketball has skewed all the numbers eternally. Like a lot of the greatest shooters of all time have been surpassed and tripled over because they just didn't take those shots, even Larry Bird. Here's a radical idea. Should they get rid of the three-point line? Would the game be more entertaining if they got rid of the three-point line? Some people line? argue that. I, I'm not one of them. I, okay. I, I like just the three-point shot. It is a remarkable transformation. I mean, you just watch the the kind of player that it's produced. Like, I, I just can't – I mean, if you think of Steph, that kind of player could not have been envisioned 20 years ago. Like, there was no precedent. The prototype for that didn't exist. There's never been a Steph. Right. That guy never existed before. There have been good shooters, but nobody's ever been Steph-like. That's what crazy. I'm, what I'm saying, and, and I was standing on your lawn to see if you were going to tell me to get off it, and you said, come on up. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah, it's okay. But the court just feels so small now. Like everything about the court in the oh, NBA. Oh, because dudes are huge and guys extend. Right. Yeah, so the shooting is from midcourt, and then you've got 6'11 guys who can handle the ball, and yeah, yeah. Well... It's coming a long way since we threw it in the peach basket. I've always wondered if they were going to train, change the dimensions. Yeah, the dimensions yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. like, oh, this is a problem. Used to be that they made rules changes because of guys like Wilt, who were freaks of nature, athletically, length, all of that stuff. Uh, now you might just think that, uh, you know, sheer evolution uh, to where human beings are routinely in that league, 6'8", Playing out on the perimeter. It's crazy. 6'9". It's just like that's no longer our point guard 6'1". Well, we talked about this uh, years ago on the old FM dial the other place, but there are times when if LeBron was right up against the three-point line, it looked awkward, like a mid-range jumper mm. because he couldn't fully extend the shot. But if he was five feet behind it, you felt better about it going in Yeah, just because of the effort that it took. He had a shot last week while I was on vacation that made the – you know, the, the video rounds, if you will, the repeat loop on all the social media that reminded me of how strong that dude must be. It was the sort of not quite baseline, uh, fade away, falling out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. The amount of arc on that shot being double teamed while fading away from the basket to get it there is insane. I watched it several times over. I go, this might look innocuous. It's not. Look at how far that shot had to go. Speaking of him falling away and making a play, did you see him try to take Scotty Barnes' head off with the... Uh... He likes Scotty Barnes, too, by the way. He's complimented the hell out of him. Scotty has somewhat complimented LeBron, which I find funny. No, but I'm saying LeBron complimented Scotty mm -hmm. a lot. He talked about how there aren't too many guys that look like him, that play like him as a rookie, and that's true. Right. He's a freak yep. of nature, yes. Yeah, Scotty was asked, uh, you know, about LeBron's influence on him. He said, "Well, a lot of players did, but I was more of a Kobe guy." Ooh, that's a hell of an answer <laughs> in a league that is very sensitive about yeah. how you prop up other people. He's like, oh "Well, LeBron meant a lot to a lot of kids, but I was more of a Kobe guy myself." But LeBron tried to kill him in in L.A. with the uh, the two handed over the head tomahawk. I'm gonna bounce it off of you and out of bounds, so it's our ball kind of save play. A little sending of the message. and it looked lethal. It looked potentially lethal. So. I don't know that this happens a lot. At last hour, I talked about uh, the trade, and the big news of the day is in the NFL probably for the 10th day in a row because every day there's a quarterback going somewhere or an elite player deciding to return and re-sign, whether that's Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, uh, or an elite receiver like Devontae Adams saying, well, I'm going to go home, basically. I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave here and take the uh, money. Green Bay gave him a good offer. He just 
decided to go back more towards where he's from and, and, and take it on down the road. Uh, and today it's Tariq Hill. Uh, possibly, we, is it confirmed yet? I don't know. It's it's alleged to have been made, the deal, meaning the Chiefs trading six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tariq Hill to the Dolphins, um, and you're getting you know some picks to come back the other way. Uh, again, I, I, I looked at it from the standpoint of if I were advising Tariq Hill, it would be to take less money and to stay in KC and remain more relevant and matter and have a chance to win championships as opposed to going down to Miami where, yeah, you'll be able to afford in the, to live in the nice place and uh, the nice part of Miami, but you got a quarterback that can't hit you down the field. So get ready to lose and not have a whole lot to say for it from a statistical standpoint either. Uh, that said, there was the other side of things, which Tom was uh, thinking he could go to the Jets, where you do have a quarterback that can get the ball down the field, I suppose. But, boy, the Jets are a long ways away as well. I uh, don't know, and this is where I was going, whether you see this all that often, but I have to admit, in a league of mercenaries, it was kind of refreshing to see Atlanta's GM say, basically, look, we get it. We did what we did with Matt Ryan because he's been a good soldier. We didn't have to do it. He he doesn't have a no-trade clause. We could have completely screwed him. Now, he didn't say that, but I'm saying that, yeah. reading between the lines. They decided, we'll, we'll, we'll send you to a good place. And well, it, your loyalty is duly noted. It is a good place. Oh, it's a great That's place. That's another team, and That's they a, have great. an easier path into the division. Like They're going to be in the conversation in January. They have to be because that division sucks. It's them and the Titans. That's it. So they did. My point is Atlanta did not maximize compensation. Atlanta said, all right, we're not going to be hard asses on this. We could have got a little bit more and you might have ended up somewhere dreadful, but you've been good. You've been, you've missed three games in 14 years, dude. Dolphin of the cap had an MVP season. We were up 28 to three. If not for deplorable play calling late, we would have won that game. We didn't. We get it. Thanks for everything you've done. Good on you. We're sending you the Colts, buddy. Good luck. You got two years, maybe three. You got some pieces. Oh, no. They they got, got a pieces. real chance. They got yeah. pieces. I mean, if you just do the quick overview of the AFC, the West, all playoff contenders, all four of them, easy, right? Uh, in the Colts division, it's them and the Titans. Then in the North, you've got Baltimore and you've got Cincinnati. And then you got to prove it, those other two teams do. In the East... You've got the Patriots, the Bills, and maybe the Dolphins and the Jets knocking on the door. So you're talking about, I know the NFL is built for this type of conversation, but you're talking about contender-type level teams at maybe 9 or 10 mm -hmm. in the AFC? That's crazy. It's nuts. The whole comp. Good. You guys over yeah, there absolutely. battling out over there. You don't get an extra spot just because you're really good. My Bucks are going to cruise to the NFC South Division Championship. We'll worry about things when we get on down the road in the postseason. It's going to be us and Green Bay again, in all likelihood. And uh, the Rams. And the Rams. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Probably. We'll see. Uh, I would also say this. I have laughed at, well, lots of people, Baker Mayfield included, but I was, uh, I was laughing thinking if I were a uh, Commanders fan. <laughs> Got to get used to saying that. The Washington Commanders fans – as recently as, what was that, a week ago, we're hearing rumors that uh, Andrew Luck had been working out and was uh, maybe thinking about making a return. And there was a report that they had reached out to him that maybe they, they were going to sign him. And I think if I were a Commanders fan, 
admittedly, I would have allowed myself to dream a little bit. I would have thought, oh, okay, the body's healed. The skill has certainly always been evident. He's a big, strong guy. They just his, signed Jack Doyle. <laughs> if his body's right, we're in good shape. And then I get the news that we took on Carson Wentz. There's no way to. I think Andrew Luck is still under Colts control. You'd have to, you'd have to swing a deal with Indy. It would have I been. Think. I mean, it would have been awesome. Because if you're if you're Washington, you're like Andrew Luck is what is he? Thirty one years old. 32 years old, something like that? Oh, he's plenty young in NFL terms, especially with the way they protect quarterbacks. I would have been so happy, and then I find out, nope, not going to happen, and we got Carson freaking Wentz. <sighs> so which is the tougher team name for you to get used to? Commanders? Or Guardians? Commanders. Commanders? Mm-hmm. I don't mind Guardians, and because of the bridge with the... You know, right, no, I, I get there's I logic get, to I, that. There's logic yeah. to it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's logic to Commanders as well. I liked Washington football team. I'd have kept the football uh, yeah, team. Totally I agree. thought it was great. The Commanders sound like the team that uh, Keanu Reeves played for <laughs> in, <laughs> in the movie about the scabs, yeah. the replacements. Oh, yeah. The um, just Guardians. That Guardians sounds more football like to me. They should have been the Guardians, the Washington Guardians. There you go. Just should have Commanders been the football team. I'm fine like with football. football team. It doesn't necessarily. I mean, generals, though, and that's terminology, militaristic, but as like, we all know the NFL is. Commanders, to me, fits better for basketball. I don't know. I could just see that better on a basketball jersey. Anything new typically kind of rubs everybody the wrong way. When something's been something else, and then you abruptly, especially in the form of tradition, decide to go a different direction for whatever reason, okay? And you do that, then people are like, ah, I don't like it. Well, that's because you were used to the other thing. But I Washington football team was fine. Yeah, it was good. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And not only was it great, they had awesome uniforms. They've butchered it twofold. Oh, yeah. They're went, Arizona went, State. They went with stupid-ass commanders, and then their uniform sucks now. They should unify the whole thing. Get Herm Edwards to coach now. <laughs> Same uniforms. This is less confusing. Mm. Yeah, Herm's. <laughs> the Kraken worked right away, though, didn't it? Seattle Kraken. That's, that's an done. awesome name. And their campaign was fantastic. When they announced the name, they announced the campaign. They showed the campaign all in one. And that evil-ass octopus, you went, yes, all right, I like this. This is what I'm it's talking a winner. about. That is a winner. I uh, On the subject before we take a break, did I have to pull this up? Did you see this yesterday? I, I posted it just because it blew me away. Um, this is just incredible. It's really cool. There was a, a, a dinosaur, a a kind of dinosaur discovered, by the way, um, that previously undiscovered, basically shows at one time, millions and millions of years ago, we're finding things out all the time with fossil records, that uh, dragons existed, basically. Not really. I fight dragons. But this thing under the uh, surface, under the water, was big enough to eat uh, megalodons and just lay waste there to the biggest sharks and it would sit at the bottom like a crocodile and come racing up to the top. Can you imagine? That is fantastic. But it was huge, like 100 feet. The Loch Ness Monster is real. <laughs> Game of Thrones is a documentary uh, and not a fictional here, story. Here we go. Here it is. Dragons have always been the thing that if they existed, I thought, no, oh, nay, 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 you got problems here because no other creature, no matter how giant and fearsome and intimidating and ferocious can breathe fire. The idea of breathing fire. Oh, no, no. What kind of crazy spitting mechanism we've got here? This is not going to get it. That's nuts. 
It's the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. You said something last hour I want to circle back on because I think it probably raises an eyebrow if somebody's listening closely. I'm talking about Florida State football again, returning to that subject for a second. And I was talking about um, perhaps the depth on the offensive line is not where we would like it to be because nobody beyond what we know to be true of the current group. So if we're assuming that Caden Lyles is a plug-and-play center, you got better. Obviously, the rest of those guys, most of them we've seen play, your starters, that is, and they're fine. They're fine, right? That's it. That's it. And you bring in Bless Harris, which you know about Bless Harris. You bring in Bless Harris, and I was assuming that would be both for competition and depth, and it looks like that is going to be uh, a hit. You know, if he has to play, it's not the end of the world. If he's a backup, he's the first guy in. It's a good quality backup. We think that's what that's going to be. But then, Mike Norvell uh, kind of put a wrinkle or, or threw a wrinkle into that when he when he brought up Lloyd Willis. And you and I both raised an eyebrow the second he did it because he brought it up at his press conference to start spring practice. And he said how important a spring it was for him, which means that he was trying to push him and thought that he was ready to compete to get playing time or to perhaps uh, be a factor in the rotation. And that would provide even more depth for you. Now, my observation was that he's not ready so far. This spring, he hasn't looked the part at all. In fact, he's been whooped. So, just maybe that's not going to happen. Okay, per that conversation, you then said, well, there are areas of the team where there is good competition. I brought up the secondary. We talked about Renardo Green. And then you said receiver. And with the news of Winston Wright's absence now, you thought that that room still had enough competition you're not saying in an ideal set of circumstances, obviously, but just for Florida State that there is enough competition, there's enough upgrade, whether that's Wilson or uh, Pittman or whomever else you're talking about, right? I'm I'm assuming. We haven't brought up Malik McClain's name at all this spring, and that concerns me because I haven't had a reason to bring his name up either. And Burrell looks like a blossoming tight end in the making, not elite wide receiver on the outside. And as excited as we might get by the occasional Kentron Portier uh, catch, Portier catch, we don't know if he can do it in a game. Pokey's what he is. He's a three. That's a solid camp, though. Good camp. Good camp as a three. Ja'Kai Douglas is something that is, uh, you know, intriguing to me. I know that obviously Jordan Travis likes him. We'll see. I don't know that he's a, a game changer, but okay. I don't know. I, I guess what I'm asking is, are your concerns of the receiver group less than mine? Because I still don't see that group being um, a significantly better unit or not one that is significantly better yet. The potential, especially if Wilson emerges uh, as a big-time threat down the field with that size uh, and as a blocker, maybe the potential is there. I just still have some serious question marks about that group. Yeah, no, I think it's fair to have question marks about the group. Um, Ja'Kai Douglas, to me, looks more polished 
Uh, and I think he's going to be a plus player for you, not just you know a situational. Oh, we got a mismatch on Jakai once a game kind of. I, I think he right. might be a better player than that, which is why I was less concerned about the Winston Wright injury um, for football purposes. Of course, I feel like we have to caveat that every time. Um, but I think you can absorb that a little bit better with Jakai and Pittman, the combination of those two. McLean's been fine. I, I haven't seen anything that, that leads me to believe. Oh no, Malik hasn't taken that next step. It's just he's been fine. And, yeah, but I want him to take a big step. Because towards the end of last year, he made a couple catches that suggested yeah. maybe he was figuring it out, and he has to take a big step forward. He, A, looks to have the physical tools to to be a candidate to do so, and B, if he's the same guy he was last year, then he's not much. Yeah, no, I hear you there, but he's only a freshman. I, I think the development looks like it's tracking with him. Uh, I like what I see at a Kentron. Like, I feel like they can throw numbers at the problem in the course of a game where maybe you don't have what you like, which is you have a one, a two, and a three. And here go the targets for the one and the two. I think you're going to have to mix it up a lot. And that's not ideal, but it's better than it was last year because I'm seeing guys separate, go and grab footballs, make plays on footballs, Mm -hmm. which is much different. Yeah, we didn't have that at all. But it might just be that it's it's a mix of players. But again, it's just it's so early. And one thing to note on on the Lloyd Willis observation or, or some other guys that are in the trenches, you can see it. This is one of the benefits to being able to be out at camp. It reminds me of spring training in baseball. John Smoltz has gone out there and, and given up seven home runs in a start because he's working on something. Yes. There are certain days with certain players, could be Lloyd, could be any number of guys, and, and it is. It is. Different days I see different dudes. Where they're clearly being told to do something technically. with, And I'm talking the trenches, both sides of them. Clearly they're being told to try something technically. And they don't have it down. And they get reminded every time oh, they go one-on-one well with somebody co- else. It's a well-coached group there at the office. That they line. don't have it. Yeah, they yeah. don't have it down. And so they look like a jerk for a day. <laughs> like they've never played the game before. But then the next practice they come back or two drills later they come back and you go, oh, okay, there you go. Now we're building back up. The thing about not being able to see practice for so long is personally, I forgot about that up and down nature of sometimes there's instruction and certain players can handle it immediately mm. and internalize it and then, boom, show you. And some players, they have to be reminded over and over again. But once they find it, then their game raises to a different place. I'm not saying that excuses away all my concerns about what we have going on at tackle. Not saying that at all. But it's just hard for me to assess on one day where a player gets roasted over and over again in any position that that could be that that is who the player is. It could be that there's there's something else going on. There's coaching going on. And they're told to focus on something, and then they just get beat for it. Completely. I agree that guys have room to get better and that there are days where they're being very technical and so they don't look fluid and all of that. That's true. What I talk about when I talk about overriding concerns for a segment group is typically less to do with the idea that I they're a finished product. I'm not saying that. And more to do with either, and I'm not being, I'm not being very specific for a reason here, Either they're not special athletically, they lack, depending on the position, a burst, separation, quickness, whatever it might be, right? So a level of athleticism uh, requisite of the position to be game-changing or to be a week-in, week-out winner, right, of that of that matchup. Florida State's still building a roster to where they have more of those guys than they don't. And so when we go into camp not knowing about certain things, I understand that it's a work in progress. 
but I also need to see the requisite baseline athleticism that if they figure it out, they are going to be that. And there are a couple of guys that I'm not sure have that. Yeah. And, you know, Lloyd may be one of them. Well, I could tell you, speaking generally, and I could confirm that this is not about Lloyd, last week, or sorry, the uh, last full week of practice where we had pad practices mm-hmm. on Wednesday and Friday, mm-hmm. I observed Alex Atkins working with one of the younger offensive linemen, and I won't say what class, just one of the younger guys, and he had to go over the same thing. It reminded me of like the the tight ends thing that uh, James Coley did years and years ago. <laughs> racing the route. I remember how mad we were, yeah. But he had to explain it over and over and over yes, again. Yes, he did. And the kid had a rough go of it in the next drills. And they do, I think they call them pod drills. I was kind of overhearing. But it's like, it's the three offensive line against two or three defenders and you've got to work together, combo, climb, kind of things like that. And it didn't go well. That next drill didn't go well. Then they go to 11 on 11 and that did not go well. But you know what? Yesterday, that young player looked good. Good. So some days, some days it's just the lesson is taking a while to sink in. You can't be the sponge that you want to be. And then you're so screwed up mentally that you're forgetting how to. It's like golf. Like one, you make one shift with your hands and everything's gone. It's like I've never played the game before. So I'm always sensitive to that when I'm trying to assess what a player is or isn't. But that doesn't mean I don't have concerns for the long term. Sure. Absolutely. Fun uh, fun process, the spring practices and, and, and our ability to go out and watch and, and kind of assess. And I, this is going to carry on over the entire offseason. Uh, we're all obsessed with this upcoming year. I think that at its, at its base, everybody that considers themselves a Florida State fan – an intrigued observer of the conference, a loyalist, an alumnus, a booster, whatever you are in association to Florida State, you understand that this season is of vital importance, both micro and macro. So micro, it's very, very important for some of these players and their growth to take the next step, right, to prove that they can become plus players at this level and emerge uh, a year from now, two years from now, as the reason you win games. Uh, More macro has to do with uh, the longevity, health of the program, and frankly, of this staff. So you would look at this and say, man, either way that it shakes out, we know it matters greatly how this season uh, transpires. The the wind totals matter. It's not just process anymore. We've got to get to the getting. There's one other player from last hour somebody asked about, and I think it was in a joke. I think it was Ryan, but um, Leonard Warner's been here a long, long time. Yes. You know what? He looks okay. He looks like I he... thought. I thought that before camp started. I thought the fact that he came back actually was a bigger deal than yep. other people. I thought that he would show great leadership, that he's physically – is he elite? No, God, no. Is he somebody who provides quality depth with the knowledge of what they're trying to do? I think the answer is yes. He did something yesterday to a player who's relatively sturdy, uh, <laughs> and he put his hand on him. It was kind yeah. of a one-punch move, staggered the guy, got around the play, made a play in the back. Well, he's a grown-ass man Whoa. now. Now right. he's a grown-ass man. Right, but that's one of about four or five plays he made yesterday, and that's not to say that yesterday's practice was the first time that 35 has shown up, but okay, that's not just, you know, we're trying to find a home for a player, and I don't know where to stick him. That He's not that. It looks like he is most certainly going to be in the rotation mm-hmm. on the edge, mm-hmm. and he deserves to be in the rotation on the edge. I hadn't talked about him through one week of camp. I thought it was worth bringing up since it's been a few days of where you go, okay, all right, Leonard Warner, I see you. Dopey asked the question, Jeff, is the spring game going to be a good barometer on how good this team is for the average fan? I say no. I don't think so. I don't think it's a barometer at all. In fact, 
I think that the spring game might be uh, – listen, they're going to get mad at me for this because they're trying to sell tickets and get people to come to the games. But I, I don't think it's going to be very interesting uh, in the sense of quality of play, game-like replication. I don't think that's what this is going to be. I think it depends. It depends on what they do with the offensive lines. If they yes. let what well, they determine okay, to be the upper-tier offensive line play together, then so be it. It's kind of like the, the farce of the NFL doing an all-star crew for the playoffs for their officials. Like, How about you work with people you know where they're going to be and you know what their strengths and weaknesses are? That's the one thing I can't stand about assessing a spring game is when you do a draft and you mix up first-teamers mm-hmm, with third-teamers mm-hmm. or second-teamers that they don't typically play with on a down-in, down-out yeah, basis. it's not smart. I don't think no, you should do that. It's I, tough. Well, and also, by the way, if you're trying to build quality, depth, and confidence along the way, you cannot put – so let's just say, for example, let's go to the quarterback position, the most important position on the field. Okay, so here, my man, you don't have right now a quality backup to Jordan Travis who's frequently absent meaning either he gets hurt in games or misses practices for other reasons, at least he has so far in his career. Now, maybe that changes this year, and I hope so. But the bottom line is you've had a need for your backup quarterback to play while Jordan Travis has been your guy. Okay, if you're trying to make sure that Tate Rodemaker becomes that guy or you want to see can he take the next step, we've been waiting on that step for some time, this has to be the time that the step is taken then you can't put him out there with threes. Right. Put yep. him out there with the starters on the yeah. offensive line, the starters at wide receiver going, have good against good when he's in. Yeah. Have the defense have their starters out there too. Let's see, can you make plays? Yeah. Can yeah. you make plays? Because now I'm giving you a chance. I'm not saying that it's do or die here today. I am saying you can't look like a deer in headlights because last year you looked like a deer in headlights. So i got to see that in rhythm you feel good, you understand what we're looking at, and you've got our real guys. These are the dudes that we're, that Jordan's going to be throwing to. Here we go. Yeah, I, I think for the trenches you've got at least a second team for both. I think the D-line might have a third team. In fact, I know in the interior that they do. I'm not sure about edge. But I think you, if you're just talking about a front four defensively, and, and I know that's not technically what we run, but your front four is good one and two, definitely. Offensive line, you might have two. You might have ones and twos that legitimately can hold up in a spring game setting to where you can assess things. Mm-hmm. But I, I agree with you. I'd flip the quarterbacks in the spring game to play behind different lines to get a better assessment of what's going on. I'm sure they will in the scrimmages that we're not able to see. Yeah, I would think they do something like that. But it's just hard. When you do mixing and matching, it's just hard to assess what you see. The one thing that we did learn from the spring game last year that held true, so dopey if you're looking for something, defensively, we remember last year in the spring game, they got downhill and they tackled. And that was new. Yeah. After the game was yeah. over, like, well, how about that? Look at that. They trigger, they get downhill and tackle, especially the defensive backfield. They yeah, get the down DBs, there and they're physical. The problem is it turned out they were really good at tackling and not covering. Sure, but it wasn't useless because that was news. Yeah. We were like, oh, look at that. They can break it down, get through a bubble screen. Some roofing companies say they're the best in town with the best price around, and safety is their top priority, but they don't always have your best interest at heart. At T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction, they believe in doing things the right way and the safe way. Employees undergo routine safety training. Constantly being educated on new techniques and new materials, like becoming a master metal applicator. Just cool. If you consider a new metal roof, long-lasting, durable, you're in luck because T-Spark Enterprises Roofing and Construction are the best in town. Call them today, 766-1340, or get a free quote today at tsparkconstruction.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. 
At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness. Two Tallahassee locations, Midtown on Thomasville Road, and Northside in the Village Common Shopping Center. Online at orangetheoryfitness.com. Always love this song. Yeah! Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Don't forget the uh, summer and spring, spring and summer of Moral Life promotions going on right now, my friends at Orange Theory Fitness. Well, listen, the bottom line is this. You want to feel better. You want to be reinvigorated, rejuvenated. You want to feel good all day, every day. Hey, now. Orange Theory Fitness is a way to uh, to that end, right? You uh, perhaps become a new member. First month is free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor, and you're off and running, quite literally. First class is always free if you want to experience it and get a feel for what it is you're going to be asked to do. Interval training works. It's science-based backed, and I uh, obviously endorse it for the very reason that I use it and like it and know that it works. Orange Theory Fitness, two locations, Midtown and Northside. Check them out today, orangetheoryfitness.com. Okay. Debates about who's what. I see where Justin notes that he would like to see Stephen Dix match his play uh, regarding his body type. Never going to happen, Justin. Never going to happen. That body type is one that every man here would like to have. Or every football player throughout college football would like to have. But it doesn't translate necessarily to instincts and or fluidity of hips. And he doesn't have it. He's stiff. And because he's stiff, he'll never be an elite linebacker. The body suggests he should be. So I know you'd like to see it. I'd like to see it too. He's a hardworking young man who's still here. He has uh, had to endure basically demotions uh, at the position. And he didn't run away and hide. He didn't transfer. He didn't get uh, passed over and decide this place is not for him, that he deserves better. No, he just continued to work hard. And so we root for kids like that. Good for him. I think that uh, when you are that big and that strong, there are perhaps very specific, very narrow sets of parameters uh, that could find success. That perhaps you could be put in a position in which you utilize said size and strength and speed straight ahead. If it's going to be a read and react, he's got no chance. If it's going to be flip your hips and go sideline to sideline, uh, no, ain't going to happen. He's not that player, and he never will be. I think that's a fair assessment. Well, all right then. Yeah, but I'm rooting for him, and uh, it's not, you know, people take things personal. I'm not talking about you, Justin, uh, or maybe even Steven. I'm just saying that I, when you watch a guy, some people think, well, that guy, look at him, he looks great. And I'm not talking about Steven Dix right now. I'm talking about anybody. Like, this guy looks great. Mm-hmm. He does. I, I concur. He looks great. Man, God, to have those abs, to have those shoulders, those quads, whatever it is you're looking at, where you're like, it's impressive, uh, it's an impressive dude. Doesn't mean he can play football. 
And then there are other guys who don't look the part who can really play football, who just have instincts and they are really uh, football-minded is a way of saying it. They just kind of have an instinct for the game. Warren Sapp does not look like he should be able to play and dominate, but he was one of the best to ever do it. Yeah, and and when you looked at him, even though he was a big guy, you didn't think that he was probably one of the strongest people in the league, but he was. He was one of the strongest yep. people in the league. He's yep. one of those guys that if he got his hand on you, you were going down. There was nowhere to be going. Mm-hmm. And Reggie White was a guy that was a monster who didn't have the body type that suggested he could physically lift a man off his feet with just his left arm as he swam. You know, I mean, he did that all the time. I mean, it's crazy. Fun, fun to walk. It is interesting. You know, you know a place where that, and this is just a general discussion of body types, uh, quick twitch, twitch, slow twitch, you name it, right, when we talk about, but it, there's that organic strength that, like, we talk about country strong, guys that are just strong. Boxing. Boxing's fascinating. You can get guys that look, like, Tyson Fury doesn't look like he should be uh, the beast that he is. I mean, you know, flabby. Some guys downright have man boobs out there, and you're like, God, does this guy train? And he's going to beat people half to death because of his ability to box, the science of the boxing, the footwork, the jab, whatever it might be, the angles, the understanding of all of that, right? Uh, How to throw a punch as opposed to looking like you should be able to throw a punch, those kinds of things. Larry Holmes defended his title for years and years and years and looked ridiculous. Every time he stepped into the ring, he'd go, look at this flabby-ass Larry Holmes. And then he just dominated because for a man that size, nobody could flick that that jab like he could. So, did, did you save the audio from when you went to watch those in pay-per-view of yourself? Because that, that's exactly what you said. When what? he when he when when Larry Holmes walked to the ring in the pay-per-view that you bought. Look at this. Yeah. When I was a kid, Luis Morales, whose birthday it is today, uh, which means nothing to any of you, but only to the childhood me who grew up with him, uh, his dad would take us to watch said pay-per-view boxing matches where you would go to our local gym on 34th Street South in St. Petersburg, and that strip mall had a, a cinema, and they were the first to have... Uh, those kinds of... Uh, They're called closed circuit, Closed circuit, that's right. That was a term in my uh, textbook when I was in college. We, closed circuit television, buddy. That was a big to-do. I saw the first WrestleMania on closed circuit television. Oh. Yeah. You excited for Stone Cold's comeback at WrestleMania? I, did, I didn't know that he was. He's back. I don't know. No. No. I saw a commercial. Against Kevin Owens. Hey, I saw a commercial the other... I like Kevin Owens. I saw a commercial the other day. Uh, my kids uh, and I were sitting there, and I went, "There's no, there's no way that's possible." Uh, there's a wrestling group. I, I haven't watched wrestling in a long time. My kids kind of phased out of it, so I stopped watching. Plus, the storylines in WWE are ass. Sorry. Yep, they're um, they're too just, afraid. Just, you know, they'll go wrestle in Saudi Arabia, but they won't take on harder topics like they did in the nineties. And it's, it's the ridiculous. best when they were just crossing lines everywhere. That's the way it should be. It's wrestling for Christ's sakes. We get it. But here's the deal. Um, I. Uh, I saw a commercial, and I think it's for a group called, uh, Matthew will know if I'm right or wrong here, AEW, is that something? There's an AEW wrestling? Yeah. Sting is in it. Yep. That can't be the real, is that oh, the real is. Sting? Yeah, yeah. Is he like 65 years old out there? Uh, yeah, probably what literally so. What are we so, doing? Yeah. Come yeah. on, Sting. AEW is actually taking a little chunk out of the yeah, WWE. because they're probably pushing the lines, A little right? bit more. That's what they should do. Yeah. They ought to be stabbing people in AEW. If we want to make it fun with it, here, let's get people bleeding Let's go again. get 70-year-old Mick Foley back and let's <laughs> oh, just start stabbing him. Oh, man. So you need to watch this one thing, and this isn't going to ruin it for you. It's mm-hmm. funny. You'll laugh. But on Monday, Kevin Owens came out. 
to Stone Cold's music. So people think because WrestleMania... Yeah, they hear the, the breaking glass. Right, so people yeah. are freaking out. And it's Kevin Owens. He comes out in a bald cap wearing an Austin 316 shirt. And people <laughs> go nuts when they see him because they just see a bald man and then they realize. Yeah. And then they get really disappointed and they start getting really angry and mad and basically to the point where they're going to throw stuff. And he goes, nobody's coming. And then, boom, Stone Cold music oh, goes. Oh, and then he did. People freak out. And nobody walks out, and nobody walks out. They cut to Kevin Owens. He's laughing in the ring. He, he goes, you people, you <laughs> fell for it again. <laughs> That's the good stuff, playing with the crowd like that. That's yeah, the best. Yeah, it is, but. <sighs> if you watch that, you'd crack up because the people are legitimately oh, yeah, pissed. Legitimately, Not yeah. buying into the whole act. They're, like, furious. You want to do our thing here? I got bets to get to as well, so uh, let's do this. North Florida Payroll Services, you're coming up next. Go ahead, queue up uh, Probibles, my friend. Here we go. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, Probables. Brought to you by North Florida Payroll Services, locally owned for nearly 15 years, offering payroll HR services, including full online applicant onboarding and integration into payroll. Save your company money and headaches today. Head to NorthWardPayroll.com. Yay! It's not the same without our music, without like what we yeah. want to do, but it's the only way we can get around it, guys. Will Crow started today for the Pirates. When he plays and pitches for the Pirates during the regular season, I'll weep quietly every time. It won't be quietly, because you'll have to announce them on Probables. Eduardo Rodriguez pitched for the Tigers. Buckos lead 3-1 in the sixth. We're having a great spring come. Cardinals, Astros, Adam Wainwright's old ass, Justin Verlander's old ass, Twins, Red Sox, Josh Winder, Nathan Avaldi. We've got the Blue Jays and the Phillies, Jose Barrios going for the Blue Jays, Christopher Sanchez going for the Phillies, Rays, Braves, Shane McClanahan, McClanahan, Kyle Wright going for the Braves. Nats, Marlins, Patrick Corbin, Sandy Alcantara. Guardians, Dodgers. There it is. Shane Bieber, Clayton Kershaw. A's, Cubs, Adam Oliver, Marcus Stroman, D-backs, Giants. Merrill Kelly, Logan Webb. Giants broadcast team, excellent at what they do. Yeah, yeah. Listen to them last night for uh, a good bit of their broadcast. Both levels, because yeah. John Miller's the radio guy, yeah. and then they got Kuiper on TV. Yeah, they're good, man. Both of them, they're, yeah, real good. White Sox Rangers, Lance Lynn, who had a resurgence last year and became one of the top ten pitchers in baseball out of nowhere. Good for you, fat ass. Glenn Otto going for the Rangers. Welcome to Glenn Otto. I'm Glenn Otto. Royals, Rockies, Zach Grinky, Ty Black, out there at the country club with our guy from the other day. It's Ty and whatever that other dude's name was. Right. Uh, it was, oh no, I got to think about it. Angels, Grant, Padres. Grant Ashford. Grant Ashford and Ty Blatch have a tea time Or today. Grant Ashcroft. Grant Ashcroft. Ashcroft and Blatch have a tea time today at 2. Oh, then I need to get out at 150. Yeah. <laughs> Angels, Padres, Jose Suarez, McKenzie Gore. Orioles, Yankees. Going to be a long year for the Baltimore Orioles. 15 seconds. Delby Garcia, Corbin Burns, Tyler Mahal. Peace, everybody. Goodbye. Goodbye.